Welcome to episode two of Over the Barrel, the Sometimes Media Local Craft Beer Podcast. I'm Charles Berman. And I'm Tracy Maple. Tracy and I are team players, so we spent our Saturday night at the Illinois Suburban Brewers Summit, where there were 27 breweries sharing their beers. Um, the event was presented by Al to the Burbs, which is a blog about suburban brewing. And the, we there are several big-name breweries there that you would recognize, uh, Goose Island, Revolution, both out of Chicago, but we chose to focus on three of the more local and West Suburban brewers. Uh, Steve Wartendike uh, on the brew staff of Two Brothers in Warrenville, Mark Wilson, the brewmaster at Nevins, which is in Plainfield, and Tim Marshall, the head brewer at Solemn Oath, which is in Naperville. Uh, although when we walked into the summit, we were slapped with uh, Bud Light wristbands, uh, which was a little jarring, but Perhaps someone just donated them. We're getting rid of them. Uh, Consider it a donation. <laughs> and so inside, we we were able to try four ounce pours of all the different beers, and you know there were some that you would know very well, like Goose Island and Revolution was there too. But we I had never heard of Slapshot Brewing with their stick to the nuts peanut butter porter. I thought it was stick to the face. No, stick to the nuts. <laughs> okay. Well, they had a stick to the nuts porter at uh, Slapshot Brewing. Um, so w- we finally were able to huddle uh, for our podcast with Salamoth, Nevins, and two brothers. And it, w- it was too loud in the actual ballroom where the event was held. So we went into the tank room, uh, closed the doors, and, uh, and, and chatted with them about what they're up to. Right. Uh, so... Among the, the things that we found in there were a hockey stick, which Nevin said they used to clean out the mash from the tanks. Also, cereal boxes. So they brewed a special ale with Lucky Charms. Um, so we thought they were just snacking while brewing beer, but that was actually an ingredient in one of their recent beers. And my favorite part, uh, Tracy could barely pull me out of there after the interview, was the slimming effect that the tanks have. Um, they're mirrored surfaces, and it they should be used in dressing rooms in malls everywhere because we both looked like we were skinny, I guess. That's not well, the right super way to put skinny. It. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, made you look like one of the Incredibles being stretched out super long. It was it was a nice effect. But most importantly, we did talk about beer. So uh, here's our interview, and we hope you enjoy it. Thanks. We're here at the Illinois Suburban Beer Summit at Nevins Brewing Company in Plainfield. There are more than 20 breweries here pouring beer. Uh, it's a sold out crowd of more than 200 people, and I'm here with Mark Wilson, the Brewmaster of Nevins, Steve Wartendike of the brewing staff at Two Brothers, and the head brewer at Salamoth, Tim Marshall. So first, Mark, what was the inspiration for the summit and has it met your ex- expectations? I was approached uh, a few months ago by the guys from Ale to the Burbs um, about potentially hosting an event here. And uh, we, we kind of talked back and forth about it and uh, we, we decided on actually uh, pulling this thing off and uh, we're their their goal is to promote uh, suburban brewing and uh, promote uh, events going on in the suburban market probably around 27 breweries showed up and each poured at least one beer some three everyone, some five everyone poured at least one beer uh, Nevins poured 10 beers and uh, Steve um, from two brothers 
you guys opened in 1996. You weren't there in 96, I don't believe. I was not. But uh, this kind of event, <laughs> this kind of event wouldn't have been possible then. There wasn't the amount of craft brewers. There wasn't the amount of craft beer drinkers. Um, from your perspective, how cool is it to participate tonight? It was really cool. I mean, you had uh, at that time Goose Island was the the big push, and obviously a city brewer, but starting the whole revolution that was going on here in the Chicagoland area, and we were kind of on the coattails of that along with uh, Three Floyds at, at that time, uh, both coming up around that same time, and started out what's going on in the suburban market now, um, and then obviously having guys like these two is awesome, you know, perpetuating that. And uh, Mark, or so, sorry, Tim, sorry, Tim, you've had your name wrong before. No uh, Tim, um, you're with Salamolth just up the street in Naperville, down yep. from right real close to Plainfield. Tell us about the craft beer, beer community and the culture that's developed here. Uh, it's great. It's gigantic uh, right now. Um, there are actually suburban breweries that are popping up that have been off our radar, um, which is great to see. You know, we like to think that we're tuned into everything that's going on, but there's just so many now, so many people that are into it and want to want to open up and succeed. And they'll pop by the brewery and like, oh yeah, we're opening this place, and it's always exciting to hear what their plans are. So it's uh, it's overbearing sometimes in a good way. What did you learn tonight specifically from other participants? Uh, I learned that there are a lot of breweries that are um, actually making beer. That last I knew were in the planning stages, which is great to see. You know. Uh, the planning stages can sometimes end in the planning stage, and uh, it's it's great to see that these breweries are actually coming to fruition, that they're making liquid, and that they're selling it to people, and people are enjoying it. So, tried a lot of great beers today. Cool. And for uh, this podcast, we have our co-host today, Tracy Maple, the Sunday news editor for the Sun Times, and she lives just up the street as well in Naperville. Um, what were your impressions of the event? Well, it's it's a smaller venue than what. For example, we had in the summer in Naperville with their first annual um, Ale Fest, right? And it was in the at Naperville Settlement, big outdoor event, tents, food trucks, and everything. And here, it's obviously it's still very cold. Uh, we're inside, uh, but there's a lot of people. It's it's dedicated uh, beer lovers and people like myself who like beer, but don't necessarily know that much about it. Can't I can't talk to you about oh how happy it is or anything like that. I just know what I like and what tastes good, and um, everything I had tonight tasted, tasted what good. What stood out to you tonight? Um, I will say the, um, the two brothers, that night cat, um, it really, uh, well, I started, of course, with, with uh, Solemn Oath and the 10.5% uh, <laughs> barley wine, which was very good. Uh, I tend to gravitate toward darker beers, um, uh, and and so this night cat, it, it's not it's dark looking, but it it's got a really just a different kind of taste. And so I'm trying to, I don't know the lingo and and the words to apply to all this, but it it was very smooth and clean, and the finish on it was just was nice. I am not a natural. I don't go home and like pop open a beer. I'm the kind of person who's going to go home, and if I'm going to open something, it's usually a nice red <laughs> wine. So. Um, this is an opportunity for me to explore, and it's it's good. It's great to see so many small companies. But when you talk about um, people who are now producing liquid, but I mean, is this like the restaurant business where so many people start and then fade away quickly? I mean, it's hard to stay in business, and it's hard to get to a level where you can continue. 
Yeah, um, the truth is, yeah, some some of the places won't won't make it. Um, it it's uh, it's unfortunate. Some will succeed uh, greatly. Some will succeed beyond their wildest expectations. Some will do exactly what they were looking to do. Um, I have friends that uh, run breweries that aren't looking for world domination. They just want to make enough beer to keep their community happy and keep food on their tables, and they're doing it, which is great. Um, so we all come to this with different goals and aspirations, and there's a flood right now. There's a lot of breweries in planning, more in planning than even exist, um, and there's going to be some natural selection there. Um, the only thing we can do as, as brewery owners, workers, brewmasters, these guys will agree with me, make the best beer we can, make as much of it as we can, keep the people that come to our places happy and drink our beers, keep our culture alive, um, and keep it something that people care about and want to go back to. Uh, it's easy to get swallowed up and forgotten about. Obviously a good tasting product is something that keeps people coming back and, and keeps customers happy and opening their wallets and buying your product. What is it that is the biggest challenge for newcomers and people trying to make it. I mean, can one bad batch wreck it? Or is it, what is it that that helps you succeed? And was it, what is it that can, can tank you? I think having a brand that people don't necessarily identify with, um, something that's a little too esoteric, I think, can hurt you. Um, you know, if you don't appeal, not that we have to be all things to all people. I think that's a bad idea to even try to do but um, you know if, if you're not appealing to everybody who could possibly come in and spend money at your joint um, then you're missing out on an opportunity um, we don't exclusively aim for beer drinkers um, you know the people like you're talking about we, we want everybody to come in if you've never had beer if you don't like beer we still want you to come in check out the atmosphere of our tap room you know try pick us up at one of the bars around tap at and and uh, just keep keep trying new things, keep tr seeing what you like, and if you, you do find a new brewery that you like, support them. You know, ask for their stuff if it's not on tap at a, at a bar that you like. So with with Nevins, for example, are you kind of are you backing into the brewing end of things, having been more on the food and you know service <laughs> end of the business? Is this an expansion of the brand? Yes. Um, I come from a brewing background, but um, the, the company as a whole uh, decided to, to venture into the brewing industry. Um, uh, kind of tagging on to what Tim was saying, I, there, there's a big difference between what production brewers do and what pub brewers do. Uh, pub brewers do try and produce a lot of different brands I, or a lot of different products. Um, we're always experimenting. We're always able to uh, uh, create brand, uh, varieties of beer that maybe we've not tried before, and it, it gives us a lot of flexibility to, to do things. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's, eh. but uh, being in a being in an environment where we have something to kind of back us up, having the food and and uh, and beverage industry behind us, it, it gives us that flexibility to do that. Um, and, and you guys have, you, I think you said six or seven bars around the Chicago area. Yeah, we have uh, seven other restaurants. So how, how has that business model changed with people coming in not wanting necessarily Bud Light or Miller Light or what's on special, but having a great selection of craft beers? 
people are really into uh, trying whatever we have on tap. Uh, our craft beers that we're producing here are way outselling what, what we sell in bottles or uh, even our guest drafts. So uh, people are very excited to, to try something new, see what we have going on here. And you could tell the excitement here. I mean, the place was literally buzzing in the big room here tonight. Um, over 200 people, dozens of beers on tap. And so I want to go back and have each of one of our guys here tell us about what specific beer they were brewing and a little bit about it. So at Two Brothers, you had the Night Cat. Night Cat. Tell us a little bit more about it, that again. Sure. Night Cat's a, hop, a dark hoppy wheat uh, beer. It is kind of in the lines of a black IPA brewed with wheat, if you will. Um, and it's, it's a little bit roasty, but very clean um, and easy drinking. But the, the hop profile is approachable. I think it's, it's gonna kind of be a good thing that people starting to get into beer will assimilate with. And Tracy mentioned that we started off with the 10 plus percent barley wine from Salamoth, um, which wasn't necessarily the best way to start the night, but... It uh, was, though. It was the best possible way to start really your was. night. It's the way I started. So uh, tell us what makes a barley wine different from uh, a lager and ale and uh, about your specific version. Uh, our barley wine is called Tickle Fight. Uh, we make it every year in December. Um, obviously, it's the, the increased alcohol content is for the, the colder months to, to warm you up. But um, barley wine is uh, an ale. It's a, a particular style of ale. Um, it, it's called barley wine because it's usually brewed to, to wine strength, uh, that kind of 12 to you know, 13, 14% uh, range. Uh, definitely pretty malt dominated, although ours is an American version, so it does have some hot balance to it. Um, we took a little different approach to it this time. Um, we started with a very, not to get too technical, uh, we started with a very pale malt and used only that pale malt and boiled it for over five hours. So we didn't have to add any uh, dark malts to it. We just achieved that color and that rich, complex malt character through a really long boil where we just boiled that, that uh, malted barley. So it's got a complex sweetness to it, a um, little alcohol warmth due to the increased uh, ABV, and uh, a nice kind of uh, citrusy, tropical, fruity American hop balance. So um, we, we dig it, and we also have a, uh, a barrel-aged version that we call Heavyweight Tickle Fight Champion of the World. <laughs> um, and we, uh, we filled four barrels, and we're tapping them every six months. So uh, the last barrel will be two years old when we tap it, which our brewery is not even two years old yet, so it'll be a while before you see that. That's awesome. So how do you get a name like Tickle Fight? I mean, you guys name your beers like um, nail polishes get their name. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we have tickle fights every Friday at the brewery. <laughs> we chase each other around the fermenters. And, um, Does the EEOC know about this? Oh, yeah. Okay. We, we fill out a statement of process. Um, no, yeah. One of the things about being locked in a room uh, with limited windows and natural daylight is you uh, you think of weird things to name your beers. Uh, we have some names that are kind of out there, uh, but it's fun. We like to have fun with it. You know, we we have fun brewing it, and we like to give it a cool name that makes people at least want to try it. You know. And speaking of fun names, I think I heard Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster, right? yes. So yes. your uh, Cookie Monster was the beer that you were featuring tonight, among yes. others? Yes, we have a trio of Cookie Monsters. And this is at Nevins, and uh, tell us about the original Cookie Monster and then the der derivatives of that. Yeah, we were uh, we had some Belgian, uh, some barrel-aged uh, Imperial Stout 
and uh, we wanted to release some for uh, Stout Day in November. Uh, and we thought we wouldn't just go with one. We thought we'd do a, like a quartet of, of stout, uh, imperial stouts. And uh, so we, we were kind of fishing around for ingredients to throw into it to see what would happen. We did like a, a pepper maple stout and a coffee stout. Um, but we were kind of lost on what to do for a third. And uh, so we were looking through our, our kitchen pantry, found a bag of uh, crushed Oreos. We're like, why not? And uh, we threw that into a corny keg and uh, with some of our, our, our stout and just let it sit on that. And uh, what came about was a pretty incredible beer. Uh, the, the, the Oreo cookie, the chocolate and the vanilla, the cookie just melded so well with the, the natural chocolate and vanilla that came from the barrel and from the, the malt bill of the, of the stout. So uh, we've kind of been uh, working on that some. Uh, to, to create this uh, new trio that we have tonight, including a, a Oreo uh, peanut butter stout, and, uh, and that's out there right now. Yes, and their peanut and their uh, birthday cake, uh, the birthday cake Oreo stout. Both of those, we, Tracy we, and I did not try. We thought we'd just ride yeah. the full wave of the Oreo cookie extravaganza they have going on at the Walmart aisle. So awesome. um, it's amazing all the flavors of Oreos. Yeah, it's becoming kind of the jelly belly of uh, cookies. You know? I think I saw a story over <laughs> earlier this year about it, Oreos being addicting. Yes. They were in the level of a narcotic, I think. Yes, I have a patch on right now. <laughs> awesome. So this is the first annual Illinois Suburban Brewers Summit and um, plans for a second and other festivals. Uh, this is definitely an awesome fest, and uh, the, the turnout was amazing, and I will definitely be looking at a second ISBS at, at Nevins for 2015. And what else do you guys have up on tap for uh, this summer? Uh, this summer, um, actually, we are going to be uh, distributing beer in Milwaukee and Madison in Wisconsin, uh, so we're leaving Illinois for the first time. We're added, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're adding a market, which is really exciting for us. As I mentioned before, we're, we're not yet two years old, um, and uh, there's definitely still plenty of room here in Chicago for us to grow, but uh, we also wanted to kind of get out there and get to places that we like to frequent and travel or that we have friends in. So um, that's that's huge for us. So that'll mean expanded uh, production. Cool. And at Two Brothers, anything that we should be excited about? Oh, there's always... Oh, well, for sure, our new uh, brewery in Aurora at the Roundhouse, we're going to be getting all that put together and we're going to be starting to send all the brewers... Uh, through there to do kind of one-off um, batches of beer so that'll be coming like all the time you go there and see what we got going on awesome um tracy any final thoughts about uh, the beer event here tonight uh, it was a great time i i appreciate your time thanks for talking with us and uh looking forward to the next festival thank you all right thank, thank you guys you. appreciate it thanks for joining us for episode two of over the barrel come back for future episodes in which we'll tap into the suburban craft brew scene